Happy Sacramento! Hello, and welcome to the 916 Republic Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Winnick. Joined with us today is Nolan Gerlock, uh, avoiding some scary clowns as we drive through the Cal Expo uh, parking lot, abandoned parking lot here. Nolan, how you feeling tonight? Uh, I'm feeling good, Zach. You know, I'm just trying to podcast and drive, which uh, I would not recommend to anyone else, but I think I can handle it. Uh, this is bringing me back to the good old days, Zach, of you and I sharing a microphone. Yes, sir. Sharing a microphone, uh, the mobile podcast, as it were. We're coming from um, the match against Tacoma. Um, also joining me live in the studio, the the pickup the pickup truck studio is Scott. Scott, how you doing tonight? Uh, I would, oh, these are speed bumps. <laughs> I would, Zach, prefer to call this uh, mobile studio one. I would prefer to call it death. <laughs> no one almost just killed us because there were some speed bumps that we didn't see. Because he has a, he has a headlight out. Okay, we are in Cal <laughs> Expo, and Nolan is. Can I, can uh, I just say he's trying out to be the daredevil? Yeah. Cal Expo might be one of the creepiest places oh, yeah. to drive through at night. Hands down, it is like there are people living here. There yeah. has to be. Like, there are. There this are place is too big for, for not. No, I'm. I'm just saying, like random people. That I told you, in. there's clowns out here. I mean, is Papa Murphy's Park one of the best parks in the USL? Um, one of the scariest places in the world. So that's where we're at right now. Yeah, and, uh, for sure. Scott, would you like to catch us up on uh, the happenings of the night? Yeah. So first of all, the reason we are recording tonight in the car uh, was is pretty simple. Uh, it's a busy week for us. We are, you know, busy, and um, we we've got some uh, well limited time. We've got limited time uh, this week to sit down and record. So we thought, hey, you know what? Let's just record in the car, um, and uh, it's going to uh, this this episode is going to come out before the Sunday match against uh, Reno, uh, six o'clock Sunday at Papa Murphy's Park. And we thought, you know what? We need to record this for the people so that they can get uh, a review. They can get some type of content uh, to listen to uh, before that match. So catching everyone up, we are approximately, what would you guys say, 50 minutes removed uh, from... We, we ain't going to hit any traffic. We're, we're good 35, I'm thinking. No, no, no. 50 minutes removed from the match ending. Oh, that's right. Um, it is It is 9.50. No, it is It is 9.50. Yes. Uh, we, oh bumps. Um, <laughs> we <laughs> we just um, exited the match, got to the car, set everything up, and listen uh, listen to the. That's after we listened to the post match press conference, and um, I think we need to start there because Tomas Hilliard Arce and the manager um, Mark Briggs they did not they did not sound happy, and I I think when. Tomas Hilliard Arce opened up the the press conference with saying uh, this match was a disappointment. Uh, yeah, I I think that pretty much encapsulates the night. Yeah, absolutely. So I I think we just need to to start there. We, if you did not watch the match and you're listening to this thinking, oh, I'll get a recap. Uh, it was there were moments that it was really fun, but I, I kind of have to say, in all, I'm disappointed. Oh, yeah, very disappointing. I'm disappointed in individual performances, and I'm disappointed at the team as a whole. And one of the players that we were so, I I, I don't know, enamored with, 
mm. coming into this, and we were really excited to see start actually because we debated whether this player or another player we we're going to start was Andrew Wheeler Aminu. Yeah. We thought there was a probably 50 50 chance between him starting and Jaime Villarreal, uh, AWO, I guess as we can call him. Uh, he did get the start, and we were happy to see that, but honestly, he looked out of place. He looked out of place. Uh, there were a couple times um, where he seemed kind of lost in communication, uh, disconnected from his teammates. Um, Roro coming into the first water break was uh, pissed at him. And um, you could tell there was a lack of communication between the two of them. Um, and, and yes, he looked lost. He... Um, he what what was stood out to him and his play in the game against um, Tulsa was how commanding he was, and it felt like um, in in every you know with every uh, uh, contested ball he was there. Um, it, you could just tell he was covering so much ground, and and today he uh, yeah he seemed to kind of uh, fall short. Yeah, um, Nolan, what do you have? Yeah, and just. Going off of the, um, I guess, going on the thread of players that that let us down, um, I think Mark Briggs mentioned in the post-match presser just the missed chances by the forwards. He, I think, by name uh, said Cameron Awasa, Villian Bijev needed to put um, their chances away, and they didn't. And um, he said, you know, the, I'm taking away from this game. We scored three goals, but it should have been more, and I think he was – he was right about that. It's something we've talked about um, before on the podcast. And, um, yeah, the forwards just were not finishing their chances uh, So uh, you, you're going you're gonna to move over, move over two lanes? Yeah, right okay. now. <laughs> <laughs> Nolan almost did not miss or miss the freeway. So Basically, that we're, a we're, too good. we're too good at this podcast thing. We had to make it harder on ourselves. So we're doing it while we're driving. There was one time I, I distinctly re remember him screaming for the ball. But again, I, I, I don't really think that he came out with a ton of commanding energy. I, I mean, he it didn't look like he and Formella were communicating well. Um, it just looks flat for the most part from them. That, that being said, sorry, Zach, I'll, I'll say this one thing. That, that being said, there were chances. They there were shots that could have been taken better.
So, Zach, here's my question to you then. Did Ash look as uncomfortable as Nolan is right now driving? I think he looked... <laughs> uh, well, Nolan, I hate to break it to you, but it's actually illegal to drive with your brights on on the freeway. <laughs> I really don't want to just yeah. do you like that on the pod. Is it illegal to drive with no headlights or is it... Or with your brights on? Because <laughs> I'm, I'm out of... I, I don't know out. what the degree of illegal, illegality is, but uh, I don't know. Let's not get pulled over for two things. I'm trying to see, man. That's all I'm trying to do. <laughs> this we're going to be okay. Just follow I, I really the red like dots this. in front of you. I really like this uh, this format. This is, this is kind of solid. This is the raw, unedited 916 Republic podcast. Scott, what were your thoughts on Ash on that left wing side? Yeah, I, I think you, you definitely said it. Uh, he, from the beginning... I mean, maybe he grew a little bit better through the game. I, I think the first half for us was way more telling because he was r- literally right next to us. I mean, we're on almost on the sideline. As, and right next to the coaches. Yeah, we, we can hear everything because there's no fans yep. except for the, the levy patrol was out there. Um, but we can hear everything. We can hear, one, the lack of communication between Sargis and Ash, but also Briggs yelling at them, hey, this is where you need to be. He was constantly telling Ash to push up, push up, push up. Well, push up, push up, and then, um, and you had Roro come down at one point, and he said he was like, "Get the f out of here!" Like he was, you know, it's again, it was not just Briggs, but it was his teammates too, just like get up, get up, and and you could tell. I think he seemed cautious moving up because he was worried he'd get caught defensively. That I think is why he was really stuck in his head. Um, I think that was a big insecurity that he brought into this game was he's not a defender and he was really scared to get caught defensively and he wasn't able to do what he does best, which is run and 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 get a get a ball one on one and make a touch and and put a put his team in a good spot um, in the final third. Yeah, I, I will say some some fans may have been surprised at Ash playing at wingback fullback. Um, and we say, oh, remember, he's not a defender. Sure, he played in France as a winger, but the team signed him from the the trials as a fullback wingback. So um, this has been something that's been going on uh, in his development since at least January. So sure, he, his first game of the season, he's not going to look like a natural at wingback, but this is a position that they're molding him into. So we can't just say, oh, this isn't his natural position. Uh, this is something he's going to have to get used to. And I think... Um, showed signs of promise. I, I think the spacing was just way too um, complicated for him to, to nail down in you know the first 15 minutes of his first game of the season. Um, with that said, I think how else are you going to get a guy to play a new position other than playing him in a game? And there's going to be that game where uh, he looks uncomfortable and looks like he's not used to the space um, and the job that he's being asked to do. But uh, I think we can expect him to grow from this, I mean, he played 90 minutes of uh, of football tonight, and I think we can expect a lot of growth from him uh, into the next the next round of games because there is um, a shortage at fullback. We we saw Jordan McCurry come out. We couldn't tell if that was cramping or a legitimate soft tissue injury. Um, Juan Barahona, Juan Barahona, as we've said, is out with a meniscus, ACL, meniscus, torn meniscus, yeah. Um, and then Shannon Gomez is on the upswing. Briggs is, is optimistic that he'll be back in the next couple of weeks. But, of course, um, it, it's just uncertain. So disappointing night for Ash in performance-wise, but I think he's going to grow a lot 
um, into this position from this experience. Yeah, we, we also have unconfirmed reports that we might even see Gomez potentially on the bench uh, this coming Sunday uh, versus Reno. I have to say, it's it's hard to evaluate Ash at wingback because he's he's literally never played it. It's not his fault that spacing was weird. You know, I mean, it's it's a new position. It's, it's his a new first formation. game. It's a new formation. So let me just talk about the formation for a second. Okay. We we went from uh, a four three three, a very straightforward four three three with a true holding midfielder, a, a midfielder that sits in front of your two center backs and dictates how everything goes. That player was Andrew Wheeler Amenu. That That's why we were so impressed because it's such an important position and he played it so well. To this game, we played five at the back. So three center backs, two wing backs. So not full backs, wing backs. They're, they're naturally pushed a bit higher. Still uh, that one holding midfielder. Scott, who played holding midfield tonight? Uh, and then a holding midfielder started <laughs> as Rodrigo Lopez. Now I'm going to uh, you can't see it, but I'm Go totally Go ahead. patting myself on the Go back. Ahead. Oh, let me just reach over. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Yes, uh, I was the laughed prophet. at. I was laughed at by all in the media. The prophet. Nobody took me seriously. <laughs> um, but I did call it some point this season. Rodrigo Lopez would play the six, and uh, he did. He started at number six, and then. Ahead of him was Andrew wheeler Amenu, Andrew Skundrick at those uh, two number eight positions. And then uh, the two forwards, so five, three, two, the two forwards starting were Cameron Awasa and Carlton Belmar. Oh, sorry, not Carlton Belmar. Carlton came in for um, Cameron. The other forward was Derek Formella. So with, with this formation, when you have three center backs, the question you have to ask yourself is how do we defend high and wide attacking players? Tacoma was in a 4-3-3, a very traditional 4-3-3. That's no surprise there. It's what their academy plays. It's what their first team plays. Uh, they play a variation. Um, sometimes, a lot of the times, a 4-2-3-1. It's just a variation of 4-3-3. doesn't really matter. Sacramento, on uh, Sacramento's um, left side, which is the, the center back was Sargis, and uh, the wing back was Apoyon, they had trouble switching for the first um, 20 minutes switching from defending centrally to defending on the wing so that is just the weakness in general with uh three center backs and a wing back is at some point you have to as a wing back leave the opposing winger the opposing sides winger and you have to go defend the fullback well how does that happen and when does that happen so the communication has to be excellent. The, yep. Everyone has to move at the exact same point. Otherwise, players are left open and unmarked. Now, I will say this. It only hurt Sacramento maybe twice. It, there weren't a lot of attacking opportunities for Tacoma. I, I mean, it just didn't happen in the natural run of play. But you could tell it was something that wasn't natural for Sacramento. And on the right, with uh, Mahoney and McCrary, it happened a bit more fluidly. They've played a year together. Uh, they've, I, you know, Sacramento last year at times had to play three center backs and the wing backs. So that's a bit more natural for them. And I was very concerned when we saw the lineup, like, wow, you're putting a guy that's never played wing back and a, a, a center back that's 17, maybe he's turned 18 years old and has only played one professional game before. I, I mean, it's just, it's concerning. And if this was a better team, like, I don't know, maybe Reno next week, 
that's going to get called out. That that will get caught out. They are going to react half a second slow. There's going to be opportunities off of Sacramento's left defensive side. In all, I, I think defensively, we played actually okay. Uh, the first goal in in the the first goal is like it was within the first minute, I believe. Yeah. Um, so let's that's tough. Let's, let's just let's run through the three the three goals against Sacramento then really quickly. Yeah. Um, so the first goal happens 52 seconds in. There's everyone just falls asleep. There's a low cross in, and the striker is able to sneak it near post past Grinwis. It, it was pretty much un not uncontested, but it it was one of those things where it's like yeah, yeah this ball's coming in, but we're going to be able to handle handle it. Matt Mahoney I think gets over uh, late to the uh, to the winger cutting in and the striker, whoever he was, I don't know, uh, Tacoma middle schooler is able to yes, score. Sir. Um, Zach, do you remember the second goal? I'm putting you on the spot, but do you remember um, the second goal? Second goal was, I believe off a corner. I yeah, I think so. Off, I believe it was off a corner. Oh, you know what the second goal was? It yeah. Was, it was that, um, second half. It was that long range goal. Yeah, it was. You remember that? Yeah. That was that was an incredible goal. That was a, that was a probably twenty I want to say twenty yard twenty two yards out. Yeah, uh, for left corner, uh, uh, midfielder. That was beautiful, uh, beautiful I remember goal. the name Jesse Daly. He picks the ball up. So all of the defenders, all of Sacramento's defenders and midfielders, had pushed into the box to defend, leaving just Roro to cover these kind of two on running midfielders. And he points as. Uh, this this trailing midfielder is running in and everyone just kind of turns their head and goes oh and he is strikes the ball perfectly across the face yep. toward the upper 90 and it, it was beautiful no yeah credit credit where credit is due that was a magnificent goal third goal the, the backbreaker third goal came in off a transition, right? The third in, goal. The third goal was Sacramento had the ball in possession. Drew Skundrick was sitting a little bit deeper, has the ball, and take the ball just gets straight up taken from him, creating a, a counterattack already in Sacramento's defending third. Tacoma scores uh, again. It was like we fell asleep. We didn't know what we were doing. Drew gets the ball caught under his feet and just doesn't get it out quick enough. And Tacoma scores. Now notice. Nothing that we said was in a traditional run of play. It yeah. was the first the first possession for Tacoma. They dribble down, we fall asleep, they score. And and I have to say there was a, a like I said, Matt Mahoney transitions late from center back out to the defending winger. Um again, second goal, everyone is in the box off of you know, defending in tightly nobody reacts if, if anything if, if there's any goal honestly for me to be most concerned about it's this goal because more and we'll see this opportunity more often than not where we're all defending deep we're sitting back we're getting ready to uh close something down and all of a sudden there's a a late running midfielder that just bangs a shot home but then the third goal is almost the the most fluky even uh, he even then the uh, the first goal, because uh, Drew Skundrick really doesn't stop moving. So the fact that he was stationary for like a full second was really surprising to me. Um, so 
in all, these are, I have to say, three pretty bad mistakes. All three of these goals are mistakes. Awful, yeah. So if there's if there's a conclusion to be drawn, it's that Sacramento defensively has a lot to work on. And, and I think that's why we wanted to start talking about, talking the show with Sacramento's defense. Um, yeah. Do you guys have anything else to add with Sacramento defending? I mean, I, I think, again, Shannon Gomez is so huge here in getting him back because instead of having um, a rookie paired with a rookie, um, you have a veteran paired with a rookie. And uh, I, I think Sar- Sargis is has gotten another start because he has a lot of potential. Um, and if you pair him with a veteran, um, both on his right and his left, I, I thought tonight um, he, um, Hilliard Arce was very commanding um, from that, that anchor position um, at center back. And, and overall, I thought his, I thought his play was, um, was decent tonight. Um, I think he's still part of the, you know, he's still part of the back line, still part of the problem, but, but I think uh, he's a good veteran to pair with Sargis, and I think when you pair Shannon Gomez next to Sargis, then you have two really good players next to him. It puts him in a great spot to improve and to um, to grow and um, hopefully fulfill that potential that he seems to to really have. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to the attacking portion of the of this, uh, I guess, review. Let's talk about Sacramento's goals. Uh, so. Sacramento gets scored on early, but then responds relatively early. Um, Rodrigo Lopez has the ball in the box, passes it uh, slightly behind him, across, uh, just across the top of the 18, and after the ball leaves his feet, he gets pretty clearly taken down, which calls for a penalty. Now, I think it was a pretty clear penalty from our point of view. We haven't been able to watch a replay yet, but I think the talking point here is who takes the penalty. Um, Nolan, do you want to talk about this? Because this was something that you mentioned during the game. Yeah, that's right.
Uh, Scott, what did you think of the the second goal for Sacramento? Not shortly, uh, rather quickly after that. Yeah, so the, that Formella penalty was in the eighth minute. Um, the goal after that, so I, I guess another point of concern here is uh, Sacramento scored three goals. Yes, good. One was off a penalty, which is not reproducible. You you can't look at that goal and say, well, we practiced that. That's a mistake by another team, and you capitalize, which is great. The second goal was Tom, Tomas Hilliard Arce, uh, just a completely free header in the box, just, uh, unmarked off of a corner kick, perfectly placed by Roro, an in-swinging ball. That, to me... I said after the game was bad, not not bad, but like is maybe a, a negative for the team in that it's not a goal from open play. But I almost want to go back on that and say it, this is reproducible. You're going to get corner kicks. So the fact that you have something that seems to be well worked enough that got you a goal is is actually I mean, it's a positive. It's a, it's a good thing to take away, especially uh, this, this goal was in the uh, – the 23rd minute I, I think what was it maybe five minutes later there was another free header it was Hayden Sargis put one clear on frame and was a a, a good kind of jump diving save from the goalie but as as soon as Hayden made the run I said that's another goal I said it out loud like he's so freely wide open running at this ball I said that's another goal and he put it on frame didn't score so I, I'm gonna go ahead and say that this is maybe a positive um, and maybe just in general, Tomas Hilliard Arce's performance combined with his post-match press conference of how, how well he owned the match, saying, like, this was not good. Um, I'm going to say maybe his performance overall was a positive. Now, one of the questions he was asked in the post-match was, um, you know, talk to me about your goal and stuff like that. And he said, well, my main job as a defender uh, is to not allow goals. So I didn't do my job very well tonight, but I did get a goal. So I, I capitalized on that opportunity. So I, I'm going to go ahead and say his performance was a positive overall. Um, Zach, do you have anything else to add about Tomas Hilliard-Rosse's goal? Um, yeah, I, I think you said it well. Um, but to go off of his play, I think his leadership qualities showed tonight, both in that post-match and, and just through the game. Um one positive of this very weird uh, system and uh, thing we got going on with no fans is you hear everything players are saying all the time, everything coaches are saying all the time. And um, like I said earlier, his his leadership, um, he was very commanding, very vocal. Um, and so that's good. It, it, for me, oh, man, I the thought of him playing next to Tainer would as you know that yeah. sounds amazing um but you know we have sargis who's shown great potential and those are the type of guys that hilliard arce is the type of uh, type of guys that you want to pair with sargis because um that's a commanding leader who uh you're gonna the the quickest way you're gonna learn and the best way you're gonna learn is doing it is to play is to be getting minutes starting minutes and to do that alongside somebody that's as commanding and shows such um, leadership qualities is is good it's going to help you out a lot as a young developing player so yeah it was that's definitely a positive to take out of this game for sure 
Yeah. Um, well, let's go on to the, the last goal that Sacramento scored. It was by the aforementioned Derek Formella. This time it was from open play. Uh, this was a, a long ball sent out wide to Jordan McCrary, who was able to control it in front beautiful of his control. defender. It was, a it was a beautiful ball. And beautiful ball and beautiful control by um, McCrary as well. And McCrary controls it so well that he's actually able to turn his defender, get into the box, and then lay it back uh, across by uh, near the penalty spot for Derek Formella to finish. It was a good finish, and at this point, it's 37 minutes in. Tacoma really hasn't had any solid opportunities, uh, and I think we were all feeling pretty good. I mean, it's again, it's 3-1. Tacoma has the one fall-asleep goal in the first minute. But I think this half ends us feeling really well, and then the second half, everything the energy just felt gone. I mean, the the second goal for Tacoma was scored uh, in the in the 57th minute. And could you guys feel a difference between the first half and the second half? Is that just me? I I don't know, man. I think I think the first half we saw two teams really finding their legs, um, and. The second half, Tacoma just seemed to come out with um, a lot of, I don't know, a lot of energy. I thought they came out with uh, more energy in the second half, and and they seemed to pick their times and pick their spots well. They had um, they had two two counters that they didn't score on, but put great shots on that just missed frame, um, and they were off of you know just picking picking their times and picking good um you know good times to counter and, and taking advantage of of uh turnover so yeah i mean it, i don't know i don't know if it was fitness or just um whatever but going into that halftime there was a lot of miscommunication in that first half amongst um sac republic players as we saw them talking to each other and and um, getting frustrated and and that didn't seem to get worked out, ironed out enough heading into the second half. Yeah, I agree. Um, so let, let's wrap it up as we are getting closer to uh, our destination. What do we think needs to be improved on heading into heading into this match Sunday against Reno? And let me preface this question by remembering some of what um, Mark Briggs, Coach Mark Briggs said needs to be improved on. Um, uh, he said things like passing, uh, communication, uh, energy. Uh, what do you guys think? What needs to be improved on? Uh, all those things um, as, as well as um, shape. Shape was a big one. Yeah, he um, mentioned that too. Especially on that right side. Um, or on that left side, excuse me, on the left side with Sargis and um, and Ash, um, that that has to be improved as as we've said before. Like a good team like Reno will pick that apart. And if you if you're gonna hope to have any success against Reno, um, that side's got to get shored up. And you can bet Reno is gonna look at the tape tonight and 
um, try and pick apart Ash and pick apart Sargus um, on that left side. So that must be improved. Nolan? Yeah, I, I would say um, just getting the, the fullbacks, uh, or I guess wingbacks now, if, it, if they do go back to a um, continue with this three back or five at the back system, um, getting them accustomed to their position, uh, knowing when to push up, knowing when to track back, uh, being better able to handle 2v1 situations, because that's what I noticed a lot um, was that a center back would, would go central and then the, the wing back would be left to defend both a winger and, uh, and a fullback, or at least be able to communicate with his uh, center back partner who takes who. Um, and so just being able to um, work out the finer details of that system is gonna be huge for Sacramento. Hopefully they can do it. Hopefully they get this game served as, you know, the rough one that allowed them to work out the kinks. Uh, and I also will say that um, Reno will not be, will, will have not played uh, this opening weekend. Uh, so this will be their first game back in the USL unless they, they play midweek, which I don't think is gonna happen. Um, but they're going to be rusty too, I, I imagine. And so um, Sacramento certainly has the advantage of having played a game back um, heading into the, this weekend uh, match. Um, yeah, Scott, what are what are the ways that Sacramento, you hope to see Sacramento improve um, seven days from now?
again with me with its shape um and, and a lot of flack can go to the back line but there was a disconnect with the back line in the midfield and as much as that's the back line's fault it is also the midfield's fault and those balls were allowed to be transitioned quickly on counters and that is not just the back line's fault that is on midfielders that is on roro that is on drew and that is on andrew wheeler aminu they have to be better um in transition and they and that again it it goes to shape um you have to take shape and mark people quickly in transition and communicate. And um, so, yeah, uh, that's something we need to see against Reno um, is, is a better communication and better shape, especially when it comes to transition and um, getting countered on. I just thought it was hilarious that Matt Mahoney got called his full name by Mark Briggs the entire game. It's <laughs> like, Love it, Matt Mahoney. <laughs> Go, Matt Mahoney. Yeah. It's like there wasn't another Matt on the field. I, I don't know why that was it was his full name, but hey, I like it. And I, he I mean we had J Mac, he was calling Jordan McCray J Mac, we had Drew, you know, like everybody had a nickname except for Matt Mahoney. Andrew and Drew. Roro, he was saying Roro. Derek. Yeah, it was funny. Sacramento.